This weekend our collective heads Wanna put an old rumor to bed Stereotype that you've all heard How we're all just angry video game nerds Most of us have actual jobs Kids and families and cats and dogs, yeah This weekend our collective heads This weekend our collective heads Welcome to This Week in Our Collective Heads. I'm Kevin, and I'm joined by the best doggy daddy ever, Patrick. I try. I try. They're my babies. I give them apples yeah. and such. Um, not the whole apple, just a little bit. But uh, welcome to This Week in Our Collective Heads. We're doing gaming news like we do every single week, giving you the important parts uh, of gaming news and what happened this week, what is going, what may happen, some predictions. We try to be as accurate as possible. We preface everything if it's a rumor and all that. We also want to give you the context of if something's happening, why it's important, and 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 what you should not necessarily think about it, but but uh, what you should know about it and what the context may be. And then you can get your own, ex uh, you know, come to your own conclusions and make fun of our conclusions because sometimes they're off. Um, but I swear, I, I, I guarantee I'm not off on the Nintendo, uh, Nintendo subscription. Uh, the way I feel about it is exactly what I think they're going to do. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we start like we do the we start the show like we do every single week with backwards compatible. Past couple weeks have only gotten one a week, yeah. but still, you know, there's so many OG Xbox games that have been coming out and everything. I'm not complaining. We got uh, Fight Night Champion, which uh, mm -hmm. the Fight Night games uh, are the EA uh, boxing games, which I thought were pretty cool on the Xbox 360. It's one of the first games that. Uh, I went over because I didn't have a 360 when it launched. I didn't have a 360 for for quite a, for I think four years into the launch, and I went over to someone's house and they were playing Fight Night, and it was one of the first games that I looked that that the graphics just looked unreal to me. They were they were too good uh, yeah. for everything else that I'd been playing. I mean, I was playing PS2. I was playing uh, you know. B uh, bumming a friend's, uh, you know, uh, GameCube, uh, you know, I would still pop out the uh, you know, PS1 and N64, and then I came, you know, came over and was, saw Fight Night on Xbox 360, and it was just, it was just phenomenal. And yeah. I don't know a lot about this one, but I do know that the franchise has been consistent in what it gives, which is boxing. I, don't, I can't yeah. really badmouth it. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's accurate. Kinda. Um, it's accurate as you can be to something like that. Um, we also got some news on net neutrality, which we're pretty happy yeah. about. Yes, we are. Yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping this guy goes to jail. But that's not what we're talking about <laughs> here. Um, no. Yeah. This is this is kind of the first hurdle um, as far as net neutrality goes. Um, we needed to get 51 votes in the Senate in order to for it to be brought to the floor for debate. Yeah. And so we needed to get a couple of Republicans in on that. And, and through through various people uh, expressing how important this is to us and how much this is necessary. Mm -hmm. We were able to get three Republicans um, to come over and, and work that out, all the Democrats. And so now that can be brought to the floor for debate. Yeah. Granted, this is the easiest of the hurdles because we need. there's a whole lot more to do, but this is this is basically the first step toward, toward bringing that neutrality back. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. It's also being challenged in the courts and so we have multiple ways that this is going to happen. But I wanted to to thank everybody who's who's uh, taking the time to to call their representatives and let yeah. them know this is important to us. This um, a priority. 
Yeah, from and I know I've said it on the show before, and I can't go into like all the details about it because I'm I'm still seeing it every now and then. From a corporate standpoint, from a large scale standpoint, from a telecom standpoint, a lot of the big name companies are already already acting like this is law, and they're doing yeah. whatever they want. Uh, it is causing issues for a lot of uh, the, these companies are causing issues for a lot of big name companies right now. So think about what they're if they're going to do it to a large corporation. Like and by that by that I mean if te- if a telecom company like uh, and I'm just saying this hypothetically let's say like Verizon is mm-hmm. going to implement something that's going to completely screw over a large corporation what do you think they're going to do to the average person? Yeah, well, the average person pays them pennies they're not going to care so they're going to they're going to fuck them over even worse not I, I mean we try not to have horrible language on the show but that's basically what's going to happen there are we're already having issues with large corporations having to fight up against some of these telecom companies because the telecom companies go oh well, this is going to be law i'm just going to start doing it now because by yeah. the time by the time someone complains they figure it out they get everything going uh, it'll be law and they'll just go oh we were preparing because they've done that yeah. in the past. Anyways, I'm going to get off my soapbox on that. Uh, we had some news uh, last week. And we have a lot of E3 rumors coming out, which we're going to do an E3 predictions uh, show as soon as possible because so much is coming out. Um, <laughs> we had a yeah. lot of E3, E3 leaks, uh, and uh, one of the E3 leaks that, that came out is Rage 2, which um, we, we were t- we, I discussed because you weren't on the show, but uh, I was saying that I thought it was a definite possibility, and then... In addition to that, Bethesda themselves were um, were hinting at it, and now yeah. it's official. It's a thing um, that they've been working on, which it's it's a very Bethesda thing to to be working on something and have it this far, and then and then say, oh yeah, let, that's real. <laughs> yeah, um, one of the things that uh, that was rage was a game that came out and and a lot of people were like okay this is this is a game that exists there wasn't a whole lot of of hype or or or, uh excitement surrounding this but um one of the one of the critiques of the original rage game was that it wasn't it was it was very bland it came out in a time when the color the color palette was very limited and yeah (laughs) is brown and sepia and all that and and what i see in this in this title is that it looks like it's much more it's much more colorful it's much more vibrant it's like a a a punk apocalypse yeah yeah which And and i think that sounds interesting and Bethesda in the last couple of years has has become kind of the vanguard yep. of single player first person first person shooter experiences. Sure, sure. And so, I'm I'm definitely curious. I'm going to check it out. Um, I didn't play the first one, but uh, but this this looks more interesting to me. And plus, until Borderlands Three comes out, I I, I want to have some some random craziness in my apocalypse. Agreed. And, and Borderlands is the exact comparison that I was going to go for in this. Uh, when the first one came out. Um, I, I was, I mean, I, I've been a sucker for post-apocalyptic genre it's become, it's become very jaded. We are sorry. It's become oversaturated now, but at the time it wasn't that oversaturated. Borderlands was a thing. And then rage, you know, rage came out and I looked at it and then thought, well, that looks cool. And then the reviews started coming out and it was very much, um, you know, oh, it's uh, you know the story's not that great, and uh, and more that I've seen of it, I heard that it tried. 
not that it was trying to emulate Borderlands, but the humor wasn't yeah. there. Like it was, tr- it was like close to being funny, but it really didn't nail that humor because Borderlands has this sick, cynical feel to it that uh and, and everyone everyone is nuts in their own way um and yeah. trying to i guess cope with with but it's, it's, it's a freaking comic book and uh and rage was like let's make that a little bit more realistic and try to keep some humor and it didn't quite the mix kind of didn't work at least that's what i heard from people um this seems like it's a lot better and uh from from what i'm seeing it looks like the the graphics are better um I will say that Bethesda, a lot of times they'll come out with a game and it's okay. And then they come out with the sequel and it just completely surpasses it. What was the uh, Dishonored is, is a good example of that was yeah, the, with uh, a game that it wasn't bad the, on the onset, but then the sequel just, just takes what it did well and improves on it and then fixes problems. Um, I guess Mass Effect 2 be another good example. That's Bioware. But um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited well, about this. I'm definitely going to pick well, it up. One of the- Speaking of speaking of teams and everything, um, so did you did you catch who it is that's going to be actually making this? I didn't. Okay, so it's it's Avalanche and um, I forget the name of the other team, but it's the Mad Max team yep. combined with the Just Cause team. <laughs> so this game is going to be that pretty exactly that that sounds like a winning combination. And um, <clears throat> so it's it's very very brief, but. Um, most of most of the the gameplay we got the gameplay trailer this week Mm -hmm. and so most of the gameplay trailer just shows guns and stuff but there's there's a moment and and you'll have to go through and watch it yourself because i I wasn't able to point it out when it happened but there's a moment when when it they they fling this like uh this little boomerang looking Mm -hmm. bladed thing yeah and i would be really excited if if that's something that uh that I, I like it when they give us interesting weapons, yeah, rather yeah, than just just guns and shotguns and whatever. And so if yeah. if that's something that that comes into the game and it's like the the abilities, that could be a lot of fun. Agreed. Speaking of first person shooters and abilities, we got some news on uh, Black Ops Four, which I sat through the entire presentation of, <laughs> and I, I, I texted and you I during it. I think you, you were sleeping, um, but uh, I think you were sleeping during it. Like when when I texted you. Uh, but I texted you something to the effect of like this is I don't understand why they're still talking, like yeah. this presentation could have been a 15 minute presentation. Uh, it Wait, I how think long was it? I don't freaking no. I mean I had to pa- keep pausing it to handle some things. I'm gonna guess 45 mm. minutes, maybe an hour. Jeez. Uh, it just kept going. Uh, it may have been even longer than that. I don't. It was it was grueling, and I feel like what happened was. Um, this would have been considerably better spent money and time-wise if they had done something like Nintendo does with the uh, with the directs, which I think is a it's a it's a very 21st century. It's a very uh, technology uh, uh, cognizant way to give information to the public because we don't have to be in a big conference room to hear about uh, a presentation. I love yeah. E3. E3 is the freaking Super Bowl. Um, but a lot of these presentations, you don't have to rent out a big space. You don't have to do this. I feel like they did that, and then they uh, they just kept like stretching things. I will say it was funny when they talked about, uh, is there going to be uh, wall running? No, is there going to be uh, boots like, on the ground? Boots on, boots on the ground. So I was like, okay, that's funny, but a lot of the stuff it just seemed like they were really stretching out to to, to fill up time. 
Uh, we yeah. did get some. We did get some uh, interesting bits of it. We do have uh, Blackout, which uh, did I get the video of? Yeah, and Blackout is the is the uh, battle royale version. They haven't. They've said that it's going to be fifteen hundred times the size of of Nuketown. Which, to be fair, Nuketown is tiny. Yeah. But um, they they haven't said anything about the the number of players is going to be. We believe that it's probably going to be a um, hundred, but we really don't know. It's going to have um, characters from basically the entire Blops uh, franchise and vehicles and there, there's a lot of interesting things that they're doing there um the thing that's interesting to me is that for the first time in multiplayer they're going to have support classes so yes. like there's there's healers and and like uh and tech people where where you can set up a uh i think it's called like a reactor core or something yes. and, it, and it does it does damage over time over an area through walls and things like that and and that type of, of move to to a hero based system yes. where you don't have to be good at shooting is massively appealing for me. Um, I, and I agree. You can have support classes. There's a there's a basically a support healer kind of uh, mm -hmm. uh, thing with with cooldowns. It is it is hero based. I mean, let's be honest. And I well, you and I talked about this before. Uh, the the fact that Call of Duty is is stealing from successful franchises is not a bad mm -hmm. business move i feel like yeah. it's a little bit creatively bankrupt uh but i think that what they're doing is they're saying what what are the what are people playing now what are our core gamers doing and playing how are they spending their time well they're spending their time playing overwatch playing fortnite that's yeah. that's I mean that's really what the, the big things are. Well, if you can put a hero bait, if you can put a support based hero uh, abilities into Call of Duty, then that brings on those players and has them keep playing. And I think that it breaks up the monotony in regards to a first person shooter. And in this case, uh, I think that you have to suspend disbelief a little bit because let, let's let, let's break this down. We're talking about. Yeah. Uh, they, they said, hey, we're going to be more realistic. We're bringing it back to, to basics. We're going to be boots on the ground. But you've got these crazy uh, generators that cause damage, and you can so you can throw healing bomb things at people. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're choosing you're choosing what fantasy you want to live in at this point. Yeah. Um, I'm not disagreeing what? with it. I think this is going to be a lot better. I think this is going to be better than, than the, than the uh, whatever the futuristic Call of Duty Thing crap was yeah i get all kind one, of confused one other thing that i really appreciate about it is mm -hmm. that they're um they've said that they're moving away from from the whole kill death ratio as the only metric by which you yes. you judge yourself Very and and for people like me that is that is massively appealing because i want to be able to help and and like um as as the healer class you get you get uh points or credit or, or whatever it is that they're that they're giving you yeah. whenever you contribute to the team Mm -hmm. And that for me is is hugely appealing, and so uh, this is definitely something that I'm going to pick up at Redbox. Yeah. And if I, I know that my brothers play this, um, so whenever they pick it up, I'll see if if it's something that I that I actually enjoy. And um, <clears throat> despite the fact that this doesn't have a single player campaign, because yeah. I've I, I like you, I'll I'll pick it up every once in a while and just kind of run through the the campaign. Yeah. Um, but the the idea of of keeping the the shooting mechanics that have been um, that they've they've 
almost perfected mm -hmm. and being able to bring a, a new perspective into it and and you you call it creatively bankrupt yeah. i see it as as paying attention to what people are actually doing what people are actually playing what people want to play sure but that's a, that's a marketing analysis like is really what it is at that point i mean we're 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 taking we're taking it away from uh this is no longer art created by artists it is art created to fill to to appeal to the people who they who they think are going to be buyers. So instead of creating a film or a novel that that is uh, that has substance, you're saying what are people looking at, watching, uh, reading? Let me write something like that. It's it's essentially um, Fifty Shades of Grey. People are reading Twilight. Let me write something like Twilight. Let me write some Twilight fan fiction. Here you go, and then people buy it. That's what this is. I mean, so, it is... so there, so there you have it. Black Ops Four is the is is the Fifty Shades of Grey yeah. of the of the Call of Duty universe. Now, moving on, with, really quick, really quick. I will argue with myself though, because previously I had stated that be, without the single player, that this mm. game was not going to sell as well. After seeing the presentation and seeing what they're doing in regards to the hero mechanics in regards to to Blackout, I do not think that this will sell. I don't think that this will sell less than their expectation, uh, and by that I mean taking out the single-player campaign is not going to be detrimental to it the way that uh, taking out Couch Co-op was to Halo. Um, yeah. You're taking out a core element, but I think they're adding enough that you're going to get people to still buy it. Um, I, I don't think it will sell—it it may not sell as well as the last one, but I don't think that they'll look at it as a commercial failure— uh, after removing the single player, which is a double-edged sword, because you know I want the single player. But I just wanted to—I just wanted to say that. <laughs> so, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Let us know in the comments what you think about uh, about the new Black Ops and whether you see it as as reflecting what's what's happening in the industry, or if you see it as just kind of a cash in. Yeah. Yeah. But. The next up we have we have um, an Xbox has released an accessibility controller which. Do you have a Do you have an image for that? I've got a video okay. of it playing. Okay. Okay. Well, but yeah, this is this is something that I think is really awesome, and and uh, Microsoft has has collaborated with some people who were already working in the field of accessibility yeah. for for gamers, and it's for people who have who have limited um, <clears throat> uh, hand eye coordination, mm -hmm. and basically make it where where games are more accessible to more people. Yeah. And I I applaud them and i think that this is a really fantastic step in in moving towards something that makes gaming available for everybody yeah um it's just like it's just like when uh when they introduced the the uh colorblind mode yeah. into into uh the call of duty games it's like yeah yeah just make it more accessible to to more people yeah and i i think this is a really awesome setup that will allow that will allow people who had been frustrated previously yeah. to be able to enjoy the hobby that they like. Yeah, and there's so many people who wanted, who want to play games that can't play games, um, who are, you know are born with disabilities, uh, people who are in um, in accidents, um, you know, who can't physically do things they wanted to do before. It there are, you know, there are people who want to be part of this hobby that can't. You know, that being said, obviously there are some games that. Uh, that this will still have problem at its core will still not be able to to work with in regards to like you know playing something like Dark Souls or playing Overwatch but there are so many games that that they're that they should be able to play and and 
conquer and have that feeling of, um, you know, of, um, you know, of being able to uh, not only enjoy the hobby, but also to, to overcome a challenge. And these are people who are yeah. overcoming a challenge in their life every day, and they're able to overcome this. Um, like I said, people who were gamers or people who could never get into gaming because the controls are, uh, not only does it have hand-eye coordination, but the, the buttons are small. They are made for they are made for the average person's hands. So yeah. if you have a disability in regards to uh, missing, uh, you know, if you have a missing hand, one of the gentlemen in the in the videos, uh, I think he, I don't know if he's in an accident or what, but he has, uh, he, he doesn't have his hand anymore, or doesn't have a, a, a left hand, and you can't, he has trouble gripping things and, and putting on shirts, and this allows him to be able to play video games. And it's adapt, it's modular. That's one thing I loved about it. When I saw the image at first, I thought, Oh, I get what they're what they're doing. They're trying to make it more accessible, and then I realized there's a bunch of USB ports. You can you can change out what the D-pad is like. You can change yeah. out what all these inputs are, which really customizes it for the person who for the gamer, which I think is amazing. It's amazing. And so, so we we just wanted to extend a a massive applause to to Microsoft for being able to to see to see a need among people that that want to enjoy their products and being like here let's let's work with the community that already exists like you said the the mods and everything yeah um you know people were already doing this but for microsoft to step in and be like hey let us help you and let us work with you as as this subset of the community yeah. to bring you into the fold and yeah. and we just thought that was really awesome and wanted to highlight that yeah just including more people. Inclusion is always good. Inclusion exactly. always, is always wonderful. Um, include and and speaking of inclusion, the crew two is going to get a uh, beta <laughs> uh, the end of this month, the end of May. Yeah. Um, so, go ahead. so I didn't actually play the first crew. Um, it was it was a game that kind of came and went. Um, yeah. For for me at least, it it didn't really have a. a a whole lot of hype around it yeah. um, by the time it actually came out. But I, I am curious about, about the closed beta and, and what that's going to look like. Um, I'm, I'm curious about it. I'm curious about it, but the, the reason that I didn't get into it is the crew was very, was um, really uh, bringing on the idea of having a crew, of having a group of people that you go do races with, that you go do heists with, and all, you know, where it's, it's all driving based but you are you are doing things as a group as a as a crew and um i don't know a lot of people who play racing games that often uh and also i don't have a big drive to play racing games because i have to play so many for gold plus roundup and you know it's not it's not my preferred genre um, I, I play, I've played enough that I can play one and, and kind of get the idea of, oh, this is good, this is bad, you know, from an objective standpoint. Um, but also the launch of the crew wasn't very good. So I'm hoping that this is better because the launch was, was, uh, was pretty poor on it. And that's what really, that hurts. A, a poor launch is going to hurt any multiplayer games unless you're an MMO. I mean, yeah. MMOs can kind of recover a little bit. Um, um, another game that is... I... Mm-hmm. Briefly, this is a yeah. closed beta, but um, you can you can go online and register with Ubisoft um, to to sign up for the beta. So if this is something that you're interested in, you can you can absolutely get access to it, and that's going to be uh, going down on May 31st exactly. until June 4th. Exactly. So. 
Um, another game that I didn't get to play, which it, this goes in my in my uh, I guess my my wall of shame as a gamer, at least my personal wall of shame, uh, is is Okami. Uh, I I was told about this. It looks wonderful. I had friends and coworkers tell me you have to play this game, and I didn't have any reason not to play it other than I was I guess I was just doing other things, like. Yeah. There's not an actual legit reason not to play it, but this is coming out in in August on Switch, mm-hmm. which I'm happy about because I think that the Switch should be able to handle this well. It's it's a port from I, sh- I should say it should be able to handle it well. Um, I think that the <laughs> I think that the art style will really help in regards to handheld because even if you do have a lot of uh, re- uh, screen real estate like right like a few of these bits because of the art style it's going to allow not only the switch to be able to process it but for you to still be able to enjoy uh, everything and touch screen uh, involved in here is going to help really well as well um, yeah that was that's one of the things that I, I thought would be especially useful because um, playing it um, playing it on a on a on a device that that you just kind of move a cursor to do the painting yeah. i think is a lot less uh I don't know. I, I I think that there's something special about this game, in in allowing you to to actually uh, feel like you're doing the painting, doing the art, yeah. because it's a very it's it's art it's an art heavy game. Yes. It, it feels it feels very beautiful, and so uh, the the ability to to sit there and actually do the painting with your with your finger or stylus or whatever, I think will to it and so yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it again uh, I agree with that context I agree uh, I will say uh, I, I stopped myself and I said should be able to process this well because I'm playing LA Noir right now on Nintendo Switch mm-hmm. and I remember that and I, I hate I hate like doing this but I remember it being buggy on the PS3 okay. uh, when I when I played it and certain lag issues the game doesn't require um it doesn't require that much uh, of you know the the twitch kind of uh, um, reactions when you're playing, so mm-hmm. I feel like maybe that was on the back burner when they're in development. They were worry they were more concentrating on the story, more concentrating on the facial animations and everything. Yeah. But I've had I I literally had a time last night. Whitney and I were playing it, and she caught up to the suspect and he put up his arms. And she was like, I, I don't know what I can... Like, she's walking around him. He's got his arms up. The cutscene would not trigger. <laughs> and I didn't. I was like, do you need to pull your gun on him? I, like, because previously it was prompting her saying, pull your gun and point. Because if you point it, you're basically threatening. And eventually they'll go, okay, I'll, I'll give up. Yeah. Shooting, for some reason, didn't do it. But pointing to it you know, while they're running away would scare them. Anyways... He stops, puts his arms up, and the cutscene won't. Cutscene took probably about twenty to twenty-five seconds to trigger. And twenty to twenty-five seconds of us want of of like running in a circle, going back, going forward, trying to figure yeah. out that was completely uh, completely uncalled for. The rest of the game has been okay, but every now and then you have these weird moments, um, which I haven't had a problem with the facial animation yet. But I'm waiting mm-hmm. for the moment to happen where they blatantly lie and you could hear it in their voice. But the facial animation is just really like normal, and you're like, because. Uh, did you play L.A. Noir? I can't remember. I did not. Okay, so they'll 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 make a statement, and then mm-hmm. you have to decide. You do good cop, bad cop, or accuse. And good cop meaning you're like, I agree, 
uh, with what you're saying. And let's go forward. Bad cop meaning that doesn't sound quite right. And you get a little more aggressive. And then accuse is straight up like, no, you didn't do that. Well, yeah. they'll say something and then it's, it has the prompt. So you see their face where they will, they're not static on their expression, but they're kind mm -hmm. of redoing their expression multiple times so you can get a hint of this is where they're going, right? So if they're yeah. doing something, if they're looking straight at you, that's you, they're, they're like, okay, that's, they're pretty genuine. But if they keep doing if that, look at this, if they're shifty, you're like, oh, something's wrong. So it'll play that kind of shiftiness over and over. So you go, ah, oh, this doesn't seem right. And then you can look at your evidence and, and figure out, should I pinpoint something and say, uh, you know, no, this is you're wrong because of this. Um, I haven't had a problem where it played the wrong facial animation yet, but, um, but yeah, the, the combat has sucked and everything, I feel like it shouldn't have that on the switch. It shouldn't be that, that poor. Yeah. Um, that game was, was a very ambitious game for the time. And, and it seems like the, from, from what I've seen of, of graphics comparisons mm -hmm. back and forth, it seems like they did a lot more, um, focusing on on making sure that the that the facial animations were clear and and obvious and everything's and it didn't it didn't really seem that they did a whole lot on the back end to actually fix some of the the jankiness and issues yeah. that the that the game had before yeah you're exactly so. right they wanted to concentrate on facial animation they wanted to because that's the that's the core of the game is interrogating is investigating and interrogating and investigating mm. you're wandering around in a crime scene uh or or different other you know scenarios uh, and then interrogating, you're talking to someone, but the combat is there, but it's just, it's very weak because there's not a lot of it, is yeah. my guess. Um, but And Okami, on the other hand, is is artistic and beautiful, and most of your combat is is very, uh, very smooth, and <clears throat> I mean, half of it is with jars, picking up various things, but like the... the Okami is is a really fantastic game um, that is unlike almost anything else I've ever played, and so I highly recommend it. I hope you do get a chance to play it uh, whenever it comes out in August. Yeah. Um, speaking of releases and not releases, um, uh, PlayStation has announced that they are going to to end the the physical production of Vita uh, Vita cartridges mm -hmm. so that people can't do games anymore. Um, limited run game a good chunk of things that they're they're going to be doing um things that were already in the works things like that and so those are going to yeah. continue to come out these are going to keep coming out in japan uh where the vita is still apparently going strong but in the us and in europe um production is going to be ending and so yeah. that is that is unfortunate but honestly with with the the poor reception for the vita and the fact that they kept it going for seven years i I the Vita will probably be one of my uh, it's it's in my top three and probably will remain in my top three consoles of all time. It was it was a really fantastic little system, mm -hmm. and and I'm I'm really grateful for for all that they did for it. So um, there are a couple of of uh, significant Vita physical releases um, that are coming out: uh, Cosmic Star Heroine, mm -hmm. and um, oh, what's the other one? Uh, the the bloodstained, mm -hmm. I, I get them mixed up because it's just a bunch of old Castlevania titles yeah. mixed and mashed. But I, I think it's Curse of the Moon is the eight bit one. Something like um, that. And then uh, 
symphony of something is is going to be the sorrow the, i want to say i can't remember yeah symphony of sorrow i don't i don't know i don't know but yeah i yeah. I, I agree with you i'm surprised they kept it going as long as they did mm -hmm. uh, i think if the japanese market hadn't been so so big on on vita um it wouldn't have happened uh i mean this was longer than the nintendo ds and dsi put together um yeah. i mean it's it's had a long life it's surprising that it's it's surprising that it's still so big in Japan, but I think that's because the Switch has only been out for uh, just over a year. Uh, I think yeah. the Switch will the Switch will take over in that uh, because it uh, right now it's the problem is the price uh, for the Nintendo Switch uh, yeah. because you can get a PS Vita for a lot cheaper and there's so many games to play on it. Now and, the and games that's... are drying up and the Switch the Switch price will. If, if it won't go down, people will invest in it because that's going to be the future. Yeah. yeah. But it, it does have an amazing library of PS1, PS2 games, and, mm -hmm. and I still love mine. And um, it's it's just a really neat thing. And then a uh, little bit more Vita news. Um, May 22nd, Stardew Valley is actually coming to Vita, which is something that I had kind of given up on, to be honest. Yeah. I, uh, but yeah, Stardew Valley is, is coming there, and you can you can do all all the farming you want on your Vita. Which uh, I can't remember if this is. I'm, I'm pretty sure this is coming to Switch as well. Um, it's it's I, already on Switch. It's already on Switch. Okay, okay. Yeah. I I knew that I couldn't remember if it was or it, or if it's already coming because I can totally see this as a handheld experience uh, makes perfect yeah. sense uh, to be able to have something. Um, I always say that I view handheld games as a, a, a game for a successful handheld game. It should be a game that you can say, oh, I've got a quick five minutes or whatever. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. You can jump in, yeah. accomplish something, and then jump out. A uh, good example would be like uh, I think Diablo 3 would be a, would not be that good of a handheld game because of how deep it can get, you can get into playing something like that. Uh, yeah. That being said, Skyrim on the go has been interesting, uh, but at the same time, you're able to—I'm able to kind of stop uh, what I'm doing by by putting console into sleep mode. Um, yeah. So there's always exceptions to the rule, but uh, one thing I am excited about that I don't think will be coming to Switch is Shenmue Three, um, <laughs> which uh, is delayed to 2019. Uh, does not surprise me. That it's delayed this is a it's we're gonna get it when we get it kind of situation uh, I feel like it's going to be a last guardian situation as well or a Final Fantasy yeah. uh, 15 situation where there is no way that this game will a live up to the hype and B be able to recapture how great the originals were for their time yeah um, it, it was they were so uh, they were so ambitious in a way that they were doing things that like Grand Theft Auto like later stole to for Grand Theft mm -hmm. Auto 4 and 5 the idea of of you having a huge open world and missions but you can also go bowling or you can also go eat at this restaurant uh, I I no really one feel like um, I really feel like the the Yakuza games are are one of the greatest legacies that yes. that Shenmue kind of left because um, that's that's something that allows you to to get into the the minutia of of day to day life in yeah. these in these uh, in these characters. Um, you actually and then, live there. I mean, you really live. Yeah. There. 
And you know, you, yeah, you, it's amazing. you go to Yeah. You cut out, but I think you're talking about going to work. Sorry, you yeah. cut out. But you're talking about going to work. Uh yeah, you can go to work. You could uh you know, you can um you know, drive a taxi and, and all these other things that um that seems mundane, but you know, you could do that or you could you know, do life of crime, whatever you, whatever you want to do. Obviously, there's a there's a story involved, but it gives you this freedom to live in this world. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to live up to it. Delayed till 2019. I'm not surprised. I'm not worried. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I should say I'm not invested in this game. So I'm like, ah, could push it out of 2019 if it's good. Great. I mean, that's that's fine. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like this is not going to live up to any hype. So not only are we not surprised, but this is another prediction, because um, at the beginning of the year, we talked about games that were announced for 2018 that we didn't believe were coming. We both said that Shenmue 3 was going to be pushed to 2019, so we get another point. We do, we do, and that's what matters in this yes. whole thing. Um, and speaking of points and, and things that we anticipated, uh, the NES Classic is actually coming back June 29th, which yeah. I'm excited about. Um, it, it does... It does lend credence to the idea that um, the virtual console, whenever it shows up, is going to be something completely different. Um, but the NES Classic and the and the Super Nintendo Classic are, are getting re-releases. They're starting with the NES Classic coming back June 29th. And that was something that, that I was actually never able to, to find a copy of. And so I, I might pick that up this time, um, but the, the Super NES, they appealed to me. But I'm really grateful that, that they're bringing this back out and allowing people who who were never able to find it the first time or missed it the first time for, yep. for whatever reason, um, will be able to have it. And so that's coming back and you'll be able to pick that up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that it's, that it's coming out for collective re collector reasons, because I want one. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, the SNES, uh, the, the, the NES Classic and the SNES Classic are very similar in this. Like the way that they, the way that they emulate and also the way that their save states work is excellent. Um, I didn't get to get one either uh, when it originally launched. I'm glad that it's returning. They said they're going to try to keep the stores, or they're going to continue putting them out into just to um, distributors and everything uh, yeah. through the end of the year, if not. And I think they said halfway through next year or something um, for NES and SNES classics. So I I would say if you really want one then june 29th target that and get one now don't wait till towards the end of the year for if it's a christmas present you're wait you're trying to grab get it now and throw it in the closet because definitely um, because trying to get one of these in november is going to november or december is going to be impossible um i like i said before i think the switch um the switch Virtual console, which is not going to be called Virtual Console. I think it is going to be a Netflix subscriber-based thing, where mm -hmm. they where they get. That's basically what they said before: was you pay the subscription, you get to play their games, and they're going to rotate out which games are on there. They've not they've not clarified or stated otherwise. So I think that's yeah. what they're going to go with, yeah. and that's sad to me because I want to play. I want to be able to choose what to play and have a catalog. To, as to what to play, uh, I don't want to uh, log in and realize that you know the Legend of Zelda or whatever game I want to play uh, is no longer part of their. Uh, you know, it's like going on Netflix and you're you're on season seven of whatever show and you realize they've taken your TV show off of Netflix. That's the kind of situation we're we're talking about. Um, yeah. 
I don't like it, and I think that's what they're going to move forward with, with an option to buy, I think is how they're going to do it. And it's going to be behind that paywall. We'll see what happens on it. Um, either way, uh, I think it's kind of uh, sucky. Um, what is not sucky, though, is news that we got in regards to uh, Iyamatsu and Final Fantasy VII. Yes. So Uematsu has been connected to the Final Fantasy VII remake. We continue to hear little bits of news about this. Um, Uematsu is is for me one of the the greatest video game composers ever, and yeah. um, the music that he makes translates to an orchestral vibe. Mm -hmm. um, particularly if you go and and actually on spotify there's there's a track that is that is kind of a a mini compilation of some of the best bits of the final fantasy 6 and whatever whatever limitations he was dealing with on a hardware basis at the time um i feel like what he heard yeah. was something much much grander and so i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing what he does with uh one winged angel in particular um because there it's 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 a really amazing epic track yeah um well and he, he composed final fantasy 7 as well right he, he, was, he did he was a composer and... on final fantasy 7 and that was the first time you're opening up uh and having cd quality audio uh, you yeah. know, you're jumping from cartridge-based where you're very limited in regards to not only the soundscapes, but you're limited in regards to uh, the space. And the Final Fantasy VII was the first uh, first Final Fantasy game to not only have CD-quality audio, uh, but to, to an extent, say, well, let's, let's play a little bit with the, the amount of space involved here. We can pad this out, or we, we don't have to pad it, but we can uh we don't have to worry about space as much uh yeah. as uh, as we had to before uh interesting uh complete side note on that because people talk about like um you know final fantasy 7 being on three discs have you seen like the space allocation on those three discs three? i have not um so they're almost i want to say it's like 75 or 80 percent if not more uh, of disc two and disc three is filled with the assets of disc one because you have to keep you have to go back or you can go yeah. back even though you're on disc three you can go back to any of the places in the other pl so if that's funny so essentially if if they if that had been made and they had uh say 25 percent more space to put mm -hmm. on a disc it would have been one disc it was it was it was that close of a limitation. That is where, fascinating. Yeah, where because you think, oh, it's massive. It's on three discs. Well, kind of. <laughs> it's a lot of duplication because you're not yeah. loading it. If it was installed onto a PC, it was not. It didn't have to be three discs because you're installing those assets. So I just thought that was right. interesting from a from a geek standpoint. Um, something I, I don't did think. Not know that. Yeah, it's interesting stuff. Uh, something I don't think uh, is interest, uh, I should say, is notable. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting, notable. Uh, so uh, they have announced the live-action Monster Hunter movie, and it is yes, going to have. star Mila Jovovich. And immediately when I saw that, I knew who the director was going to be. I immediately mm -hmm. knew it was Paul W.S. Anderson because anything that he does, he has to include his wife in. Yeah. And I don't, I can't think of a project that she's been in that has not involved him in the past five years. Um, yeah. And that, that being said, uh, I think that the Resident Evil movies have been uh, increasingly more 
dumb, but I will say at least... Th I, th this is the greatest compliment I think I can give Mila Jovovich. She is the female Tom Cruise in movies. Yeah. She can make some action movies. We were watching... Whitney and I were watching a trailer for the new Mission Impossible movie, and and she was like, I'm, I, it's, it looks good, I'm going to see it, but, you know, his personal life, whatever, and I'm like, yeah, but, but what Tom Cruise does... Uh, you know, what he does... Sorry, I'm just fixing your... For some reason, this is uh, stuck on the bottom. Um, what he does in regards to movies surpasses, you know, that and kind of makes you feel like, you know... Um, ah, sorry, I'm trying to fix fix it, but for some reason, it's not uh, full screening your thing. Maybe it will now? Maybe? There we go. Um, she's great at action. Uh, she was... She was good in one movie, in Fifth Element. Uh, she, if you've watched, I'm, I'm assuming you haven't watched Blue Lagoon 2. Um, that was the Blue Lagoon movie that she was in, which I think is one of the first movies that she was in. She's not very good in that. Um, and she was has been mediocre in everything else that she's done from an acting standpoint. But her action <laughs> scenes are amazing. She looks good doing it. And her action scenes are 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 well done, so yeah. I can't. I mean, I can't really. Is it going to be an, a very a good movie? I don't know. Is it going to be action filled? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a popcorn movie. And what kind? What what plot do you need from that Monster Hunter movie? Really? Well, they've they've told us a little bit about the plot. Is it is it she's being drawn from the real world into the world of Monster Hunter okay. and then comes back? Um, my thing is that. One of the one of the beautiful things about Monster Hunter is that it's a world that exists without you. These are creatures that are just there. They are existing. They are they're they're doing their own thing, and you're you're kind of the invader. You are. Um, so hold on. So she's from out from the outside world goes in to Monster Hunter the Monster Hunter world, then comes back. So it's Jumanji. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> very, very much so. Yeah. Which, by the way, the new Jumanji was hilarious. If you haven't seen really? it, really. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, it well, I, has... I, I love I love Dwayne Johnson. So he's great in it. Uh, Jack Black is is phenomenal. Um, not because the, the 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 there are four kids that get pulled. This doesn't spoil anything. There are four kids that get pulled into the game, right? Uh, the four kids that get pulled into the game into the game, and they each embody the character in the game. So it's mm -hmm. like you, you select your character. The the character, the person who selected Jack Black is the stereotypical, vapid, millennial Instagram high school chick. <laughs> so she is like, you know, the, the mean girl's level of like, doesn't care about anybody but herself. Yeah. Uh, and is now a middle-aged, fat, short man. And... It is amazing. Yeah, I can the Rock, see that. the Rock is phenomenal as always. Kevin Hart's pretty funny. I don't think it's one of his best movies, uh, but uh, and uh, what's her face uh, from Doctor Who? Um, what's what's wrong with me? Um, Amy Pond. 
Yeah, Amy Pond uh, is nice. is great in it. Yeah, Karen Gillian. She's great in this, and uh, you saw Infinity War, so you're seeing she's doing better as Nebula. I thought the first yeah. first Guardians. You saw the first Guardians, right? Yes. The first Guardians. I thought she was there was some a little bit of awkwardness. She 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 was passable. Yeah, and the second Guardian, she got a lot better. I don't think you've seen that one yet, and you need to. Um, she got a lot better in that one. Um, so I feel like she's growing as an actress where um, if it wasn't for Doctor Who, then she would continue to have been a model, and she wouldn't have been able to stretch and grow as an actress um, yeah. because that was what she was. She lucked out with Doctor Who. I thought that she did decent for what she needed to do for Doctor Who, but she wasn't she wasn't amazing she wasn't clara um i mean the relationship was really good but i just talked about her acting ability and her acting yeah. ability has grown since um oculus and other crappy movies uh that she's been in anyways <laughs> that's off topic but uh let us know uh what you think of the monster hunter movie if you think that it's going to be an additional you know cash in for video game movies that won't matter uh if you think that it's something if, if you think it's something that's going to do well um, then let us know in the comments and let us know if you think it's going to do better than Tomb Raider. <laughs> we'll see you later.